Welcome back, podcast friends, to I Am Healthy and Fit. I Am Healthy and Fit is the affirmation that begins changing your health and fitness from the inside out. I'm Steve Jordan, your health and fitness coach. On today's episode, my guest, Marcy Moberg, is an intuitive coach and healer with a passion for reconnecting sensitive souls to their forgotten intuitive nature. Marcy's work includes coaching individuals and groups to develop their intuition, understand their sensitivity, own their power, navigate life transitions, and relationships with authenticity. She is the podcast host of Tune In with Marcy and leads the popular online course, Intuition 101, a life-changing course on practical intuition development. Marcy has been featured on Mind Body Green, The Huffington Post, Reader's Digest, Bustle, Thrive Global, and all just to name a few. In this podcast, Marcy and I talk about knowing when to make a change in your life for the right reasons and not from your ego, the power of intention and paying attention to your inner voice, tapping into our intuitive nature that is our birthright, observing your surroundings and your environment for clues, and so much more. Please enjoy the podcast. Welcome, Marcy, to the I Am Healthy and Fit podcast. I'm grateful to have you here with me today. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm, I'm really grateful to be here. Cool. Well, uh, I want to introduce you to our audience. You are an intuitive coach, a healer, and a mystic. Tell us a little bit about that. So how do you coach people to be more intuitive, to heal, and to be a mystic? Or if you are a mystic, what does that mean? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so as you could imagine, that would be an interesting conversation at dinner parties I have, right? When people ask me what I do. (laughs) It certainly is. I mean, I love it. It's uh, what attracted me to you and to have you on uh, when your team reached out to me was exciting because I'm really a big believer in intuition and um, I've used my intuition, aka you might agree or disagree with me, your gut, right? Mm-hmm. They, mm-hmm. they say it could be your gut instinct as well. Um, and then, uh, you know, I'm a healer in a degree, um, but a mystic, I'm not sure, but maybe I am and I don't know it. yeah so i'm i'm an intuitive which means that um for me my intuition is the ceo of my life so intuition is in charge um and that's i think very it's very different fundamentally than how we are both educated raised uh, even societally if we're growing traditionally you know in the united states even canada is really about the intellect right? The intellect is what leads. But in my life, I intentionally put the, you know, intuition in the CEO seat of my life. And that's essentially what I guide people to in my work with them is to really have their inner voice, their inner truth, their experiential knowing of what is their truth? What is their, what is their knowing? What is their authenticity? What does that look like for them? Um, Have that be what's leading rather than the shoulds right? Whether it's the shoulds of different parts of themselves, or it's the shoulds of society, or the shoulds of their family, the shoulds of their partner, like whatever that is, is to really make sure that people are living from that alignment, that very deep alignment with inside of themselves. The mystic part, so that's that's the intuitive part. I'm going to come back to the healer part in a minute, but the mystic part really 
is recognizing that the wider world around us is alive and um, and that we can interact with it, that we are inherently a part of this wider web. So what that means for me personally is that I have a very deep um, spiritual practice where I am consistently in contact with the world around me. I am, uh, you know, very, very present to what's happening when I'm go going out on a walk. I'm not just kind of going to my destination. I'm very attuned to through my senses around what's happening. What am I smelling? What am I seeing? What am I sensing? Uh, what animals are around me? What am I? What am I feeling? You know. And that I believe that much like most of our ancestors did that we've kind of gotten disconnected from over time, that because we're part of this wider web of life, we can interact, right? That we can actually have these really um, different encounters with animals, with nature, um, even with loved ones who have passed. You know, you look at, for example, uh, a lot of what people who work in hospice, when people are at kind of the end of life, consistently hospice workers say that their patients often, be, right before passing, have these encounters with people who are relatives and loved ones who have gone before them and that they have experiences of literally seeing them in the room with them, mm -hmm. or they have consistent dreams with them. And it's not just an end of life, right? It's this, this is an inherent, uh, this kind of... <laughs> spirit human interconnection is inherently part of life but we have kind of isolated it so that's for me what a mystic is it's is that that's not something that i kind of go and do sometimes it's literally how i filter and experience the world all the time and the healer part of me is that uh i'm really passionate about understanding and decoding for our own selves you know, what is our body actually saying to us? And that's very deeply connected to intuition. It's also deeply connected to kind of mystically how we can receive information around the wider world around us. And that I do believe that a lot of times, because I've struggled with chronic illness on my own path, I work a lot with clients who have different chronic illnesses, that a lot of times that chronic illness, the seed of that, if it's not something that's, you know, um, you know, kind of genetic, even sometimes genetic can be something that's connected to kind of a spiritual seed of an ancestral wound that hasn't been healed, a trauma that has been unspoken about that continues to pass down. And we're starting to see this now through things like research on genetics that show that trauma is being passed down through DNA. So for me, that's kind of these three spheres really are all interconnected. And the center of all of it is really intuition and this forgotten intuitive nature that we have in our life that that is our birthright it is our birthright to experience life in this interconnected way where we know we belong very deeply to ourselves and to the wider world around us awesome that's really cool and i have to confirm i am a mystic now okay. that i understand <laughs> what it is because i am deeply connected to the world around me and i am uh always aware not always that's not true but i'm often aware of what's around me and i i i connect with that as what what is around me whether it's people places nature uh you know the animals the insects just things whatever it is i try to do my best to to be a part of it and can to be a part of that you know kind of 
the web, like you said, it's an awesome experience to do that. Um, well, very cool. I, I really am I'm inspired. Um, and I know that you have a past that has gotten you here because uh, I looked a little into your, into your bio, not too deeply because I didn't want to, I want to be a little surprised and I want to be curious during this interview. So tell us a little bit about how and why you became these three elements of a teacher, coach, mentor. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, it was really, my journey was a later, you know, was a recognition that this is inherently who I am. It's part of like my soul. It's part of my purpose. It's part of who I incarnated to be in a sense, but I lost it along the way as many people do, whether you are meant to be kind of an intuitive and a, and a spiritual teacher, a mentor like me, or whether your, your soul's calling is to be, you know, a really profound, you know, engineer that brings a lot of important innovation to humankind. So many of us get kind of lost and disconnected from kind of why we showed up, I would say. And Let me interject there real quick, because I think it's hmm. an important point. Why? Why do we get disconnected? We get disconnected because of social conditioning, uh, family conditioning, social conditioning, cultural conditioning. So we show up and as children, we're sponges and, you know, we just suck in our entire experience and we don't really have a, a filter at that point uh, because we haven't really been trained to have one where, you know, our receptivity is just so open. We're just kind of like this open sponge and that's necessary because that's how we learn speech. It's how we learn how to interact in the world. It's as we kind of, as a child develops, it's how we learn how to differentiate ourselves and realize like, oh, I'm actually a separate like entity from my mother and things like that. So it's all necessary. But um, what ends up happening is that we end up really, really sucking everything in without a filter of like, is this really true for me or not? We take everything as truth. And so when we kind of really sponge ourselves in our experience, then our family's ideas of what's true and who we should be is often what we take on. Our society's ideas of what's true and who we should be is what we take on. Our culture's ideas of what's true and who we should be is what we take on. And sometimes that's through literal messaging. Like, you know, every everyone often has these stories of having a, a profound moment with a caretaker or a teacher where they tell you some limiting idea of yourself and it, it shuts often parts of us down. It's how you know, musicians kind of stop playing instruments. It's how artists stop making art. Um, and it can also be subtle ways. It can be subtly through observation of your environment, through the caretakers in your household, through different adults that you see that you receive subtle unspoken messaging about how you should be. And so those kind of layers go on top and it's really our work, I would say, as we kind of reach adulthood to really kind of have the opportunity to peel back all those layers and say, okay, if I peel back those layers, I acknowledge them, I recognize them, which for me is a process that I do with clients that I call shadow work, it's shadow work. You work through those unconscious layers of yourself, then you can get to the center of your inner voice, your inner truth, your, who you are. And that's for me, the seat of intuition. Cool, great. I didn't know it was gonna be that long of an answer, but I want you to go back to tell us more about how and why you got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, how I got into this. Yeah. yeah, so how I got into this is, you know, 
so there was this layer, there are all these layers that came on over time. And I also learned through my journey uh, at different points as a child that my gifts of how I intuitively experienced the world was maybe weird or unsafe. You know, for me, one of the most prominent moments was when I knew that my great grandmother was going to pass. I tried to tell the adults in my family that I had this knowing that we needed to go visit her. And, um, you know, every, everyone didn't really kind of know why I was acting like we so urgently, urgently needed to go visit her. And so they kind of brushed it off and were like, hey, you have to go to school. We have to go to work. Let's move on with our day. Next day, we get a phone call that she's passed. Well, if you're a small child and you receive that information and you know that, it's very confusing, right? And, and no one was really there with no fault of their, fault of their own because, you know, no one in my family really was connected to their intuition in an intentional way. No one was there to really help me understand. It's okay. This is a gift. You didn't cause this. There's nothing wrong with you. Let's explore this, right? And in traditional cultures, if that was a situation that happened, I would have maybe a mentor that would help to blossom that. Instead, over time, slowly I shut those parts of myself down. I actually like would will certain um, abilities away and it shut down. And I learned over time that I could become really successful if I actually followed my intellect because I was pretty smart, really good at school. So that's what I did. And I started following a lot of the shoulds. I eventually you know, made a life for myself. And by the time I reached my mid twenties, I had a lot of success in my career. I was, you know, um, pursuing graduate studies at one of the best uh, universities in the world for my field in conflict analysis and resolution. But I felt really dead inside. And I was very confused that everything, quote unquote, on paper looked one way and what I felt was another. And that deep, like, crevice inside of myself of feeling unfulfilled is what slowly started you know, waking me up. And what happened was along with that unfulfilled feeling, there was a lot of disarray that I was not really at the time acknowledging, which was that my health was starting to really fall apart. I was starting to have really severe health issues. Um, and my marriage at that time was starting to fall apart as my partner at that time was really struggling with his own mental health and not really addressing it. So it was kind of like this dark night of the soul moment, honestly, where I had this realization, I don't know who I am. I don't know how I lost myself along the way. This is not my life, but how can it not be my life? I made it, <laughs> you know? And, and that was the pivot point where then because of my health and because of my uh, husband at that time's mental health situation, I was forced to have to really focus on change. And that's how I slowly started um, first coming into looking at, okay, how could I heal my body? And then eventually recognizing oh, this, that, that marriage at that time was not healthy. I needed to leave it. And it was after I got to the other side of that, that then I started asking really big questions of, well, who am I? Who am I really? Hmm. Awesome. You know, it's, uh, it's profound because everybody you know, that I've interviewed that has this coaching ability and or talent uh, typically has a story, right? And that story in my experience has been the majority, most people have had a major breakdown in their life, right? Or breakdowns that create an urgency, like you said, and a big why, 
So I'm really big into the why and you know, why, and if you know your why, the how is easier or you'll find a way to get to the why. You'll, you'll, you'll navigate life much in a more focused and direct way. Um, I guess the question is, you know, how, if the, if the listener is not necessarily certain of their why, you know, they're maybe listening to this because they're not feeling good about their health or their fitness or their wellness and they're, they're kind of meandering, you know, it's uh, just a little bit after the new year uh, if they listen to this on the release. Um, but, you know, at any time of the year, if you're, you know, it, a, it could be a new year, right? When you listen to something, you could be inspired, motivated, and then educated in a way that I hope that it gets you motivated to move in the direction that is going to have optimal health and well-being. So my question is, we're not really certain of our why. How do we get to know our why without necessarily having to go to have a major breakdown? Right. I don't, right. Like, yeah. Yeah. I, like, like it's, I don't want people to have that major breakdown because I've had them and I wouldn't wish what I went through in those major breakdowns on anybody. Right. And I'm sure you would feel that same way. Right. So, how do we, how do we navigate our life so that, you know, we can be better, do more, be more healthy, fit uh, without having a major breakdown? Yeah, I think that, I mean, I wish for the same thing. It's how I got into this work. I don't want it to be as difficult, as hard to find, you know, for people to find their roads back to themselves as it was for me. And I don't want people to fall as hard as I had to and as far. Um, you know, that being said, the truth is, is that some, some of us have to do that because we're stubborn. I mean, that's the thing for me. I was just really stubborn. <laughs> Let's be real. I was stubborn. Um, I think I had a lot of pride. I didn't want to get help. I thought I could figure out a lot of things myself. And it, it's very humbling to acknowledge and say, whoa, this isn't working. Um, who I am is not who I know I'm, who I know I am, you know, who I know I truly am. And I don't know how this happened. And I don't know what my why is. I don't know where to go. So, I mean, the first thing is, is that if somebody is at least able to acknowledge that, I would say that's the first step because once you finally acknowledge that, I think you a lot of times stop the free fall. But for me, honestly, I fell far because it took me a long time to acknowledge it. I'm stubborn. <laughs> I've gotten better, but it was, you know, stubborn. <laughs> I can relate to all of that. <laughs> yeah. And those are really great talking points. I think you, you really hit the nail on the head with all of those. I think it's really great that you highlighted that with somebody's listening you know, um, being stubborn is one, being uh, too prideful, uh, you know, and just having humility to know, right, know thyself, not not to be afraid, you know, of failing, you know, yeah. it feels like you're failing if you need to change course or direction and or, you know, change something in your life that's not serving you anymore because, you know, there are seasons for everything, right? Yes. There's seasons for everything. And, and the thing is, is if, if, you, if, if you're listening and you don't know your why, know that it's okay. It's 100% okay. Don't beat yourself up for it. We, we all at different points have these moments in our life where we're, we're being invited to a different level of growth and to a new version of ourselves. And for, for some of us, it happens multiple times in our life at different points along the way. And maybe it's like smaller moments. But if somebody's not sure of their why, a lot of times what we naturally do is focus on what we don't know. And what I actually encourage people to do is focus on what you do know first, because 
then you can at least have some anchoring of, okay, well, this is what I do know. You know, I do know that this is, this is not working. Therefore, if you flip it around, this is what maybe I want. This is maybe what I desire, right? So for myself, for example, when I was in my job, I knew that what wasn't working is I felt like my creativity was really stifled uh, in the work that I was in at that time as a, in a government um, bureaucracy. And so what I knew that I needed was to be in a line of work that allowed my creativity to thrive. I didn't know what that was, right? I didn't know that when I started this process of kind of waking back up to myself, I didn't know that my journey would lead me to where I am today doing intuitive work. Actually, I was that's like the last thing I thought I would do. <laughs> it took me a long time to embrace that that's the path that was calling me. But that's kind of one thing. So you can start by noticing, you know, what do you know? And if you have things that aren't working, make a list of what's not working and then flip them around. And that can help give you some insight around what you know. And that can be an anchor because once you start to acknowledge what you know and you start to maybe make some baby steps acting on that or bringing your awareness and focusing on that, then more of what you know can come online. But a lot of times we kind of bring our minds into a really constricted space where we're only focused on, well, this, I don't know, I, this is what I don't know, this is what I don't know. And then your mind can't really kind of open up into a more creative open space where then you can actually receive intuitive guidance to, to give you that instinctual hit to say, hey, why don't you pick up the phone and you know call so-and-so and have that conversation and meet them for coffee. And the next thing you know, in that conversation, you have this spark of insight around what maybe is your why. Mm, wonderful advice. So I'm doing a course right now. You might be familiar. Uh, uh, it's called the Landmark Forum. You've heard of it? I've heard of it. Yes. Yeah. I know lots of people have gone through it. Yes. Yeah. It's been a, an awesome course seminar. I've, uh, I've, I've, I started it 18 years ago in New York City. Um, long story short, it gave me the freedom power to move out to California, pursue my dreams and passions in an unknown with really nobody to help me uh, where I was living very comfortably uh, in New York, the East Coast with family and friends and loved ones, so on and so forth. Um, I got back into the into their system about six months ago. I've been doing a seminar right now called the Commitment Seminar. And in there, we were talking about commitments and, you know, and, and the relationship with commitments, right? And there's this area of the, un, the unknown hidden commitments that we have that don't serve us, right? So the commitment of the unhidden known commitment of looking good, right? We do things or we commit to doing things to look good. It's like, mm -hmm. I want to do that because I want to look good and get acknowledged, right? Or something like that, that, you know, drains your energy or it robs your time or it just doesn't really serve you in a very profound and, uh, and holistic way. Um, we talked about courage the other day, and I know you're big on courage, right? Taking courage, like being courageous in life. Um, at least that's what I got was I was, you know, kind of re researching you a little bit. Um, I had this epiphany about courage, right? We think about courage as like having to take this leap of faith to do something that is unknown to be, you know, like for instance, like I'm going to be courageous and I'm going to, you know, change my career and do something that I'm more passionate about. But my career right now is really good and it's serving me and I'm making money. It may not be hundred percent fulfilling, but really is anything a hundred percent fulfilling. We're always going to find you know, faults and, you know, it's like the grass is greener on the other side. 
So I had this breakthrough last week where I, I just kept trying to like find what am you know, courageous. And I felt like I wasn't being courageous and trying to take these bold leaps of faith in my career and life and relationships and so on and so forth, where I found courage. Um, when I, and I went to therapy, I go to a therapist as well, um, who I see, mm -hmm. which is great. Right. And having you as a coach, which we're going to talk about, you know, how people can enlist you into their lives. Um, but I encourage anybody listening, you know, get, you know, seek, therapy or coaching from you and or me or anybody else, right? That could be beneficial. Um, but this breakthrough was the courage was not necessarily having to take this leap of faith or going to this unknown. It was like staying in the known, st staying where I'm at. So being courageous to stay where I'm at and stay the course, right? If it's working, right? The, the old saying, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And that's kind of like where I'm at. It's mm -hmm. like where I want change, but is it my ego that wants change or is, do I need the change? So I wanted to share that because it was a big breakthrough for me. And I, and I hope that people can relate to that, right? When we talk, we're going to now dive into courage and what courage means to you and how we can use it to navigate our lives to be more fulfilled. Um, you know, what are your thoughts on all that? Yeah, I love that you shared that because yeah, sometimes the most courageous thing is actually to like put two feet into something. Mm. You know, I find that happens a lot when I work with people on relationships. Sometimes they're in a relationship that's actually very healthy. The partnership is really great. Um, or the job when you kind of look at the pros and the cons the pros feel like much bigger than the cons and it feels like it's good, but something sparks inside of them a fear, maybe like, you know, FOMO, fear of missing out or something mm -hmm. like that, or, or you only live once or all those things that people say. And that kind of, you know, grows inside of them and goes, Oof, am I missing something? And then maybe impulsively the next thing that kind of comes up for them, they then want to leap into. And, sometimes the most courageous thing is to put two feet in. But I think the way that you can, a lot of times people can navigate a question of, okay, am I really being intuitively invited into change or is my ego trying to make some drama and chaos and a little friction because there's some deeper fears of maybe like working through the deeper layers of what does it look like to be even more committed in this partnership? Or what does it look like to be even into a deeper relationship with this work that I'm in. Because work is, you know, a lot of times work is kind of like a partnership is the way I kind of see it. So the way you can tell that whether intuition isn't inviting you into something different is if the feeling when you kind of get quiet and still, and you don't have to be like literally physically quiet, but you're just really connected inside of yourself. If in those moments when you feel really connected inside of yourself, whether that's out in nature, in meditation, while you're journaling, while you're sitting with your dog, whatever that is, while you're biking, um, if you consistently feel the same calm, steady knowing that something needs to change, that's worth following. Mm. But if the need to change is frantic and urgent and pushing and aggressive, that's when I would say, okay, let's kind of roll it back here and let's see is this courageous leap that you're really being invited into perhaps actually being guided underneath by some fear by your ego mm. 
that's insightful. I like that a lot. <laughs> um, what really, one of the words that you used that popped out was push. Um, I've been told that before by, I've had coaches and people who have guided me in my business and life at certain points. Um, one of them said, don't push, just allow. Because I'm a, you know, it's, I'm a kid from New Jersey, uh, you know, <laughs> always, you know, hard nose, you know, get, like work hard, you know, just get it done. Like I'm a no bullshit kind of guy. Like I want it when I want something, I want it. And usually I want it now <laughs> and mm -hmm. I'm going to push until I get it. And, uh, you know, it's worked out a lot, fortunate, but it's also hasn't worked out. And that pushing is sometimes, you know, it's like, uh, I think it's Newton's law every, you know, for every app, for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. Right. So, um, sometimes when you push too hard, it pushes back and you, you know, you end up hitting a stalemate and you don't move anywhere where you take, you actually can even go backwards. So your coaching helps people to navigate through and around this um, and help them see areas of their life that they might need to work on to be more intuitive, to find their inner wellness and, and well-being. Can you give us some insight on and or maybe even an example of someone you worked with without necessarily mentioning somebody's name on on what you did and how you transformed and helped them maybe you know even acknowledge one of your highlights in your career so someone can get an understanding of the benefit of working with you so that we can you know obviously segue and 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 highlight your services and you know get people on board to to potentially work with you yeah, so I can give an example. Um, <clears throat> I have a client who I've been working with now for a couple years. And when they first came to me, they were really struggling a lot with anxiety. A lot of anxiety. They were also struggling a lot with insomnia. And the insomnia was coming from this anxiety. And, and they had a lot of questions around what was their you know, career path? Were they in the right relationship? Uh, they were just feeling a lot of self-doubt and they were had a very strong inner critic. They were very hard on themselves, very judgmental. And honestly, they weren't aware of how hard they were on themselves, right? Because they thought they were, they're good, you know, good person. They have their heart in the right place. Um, and so through our journey together, they got clarity that they uh, actually did need to change their career. That was, a, that was a clarity that they needed to change their clear career. But we did so, we navigated that from a place that was going to honor the parts of them that were scared around questions of stability and really honoring what their needs were. And, and that was important because we did, uh, we kind of went in and did a lot of inner child work, parts work exploring which kind of inner child, which younger versions of themselves are really scared, for example, around money. And why are they really scared about money? What's their, what was their family's stories around money? And how did that impact them? And how was that holding them back from this calling to shift kind of careers and move into a place where they were kind of much more of an advisor um, into kind of like more of an advisor and kind of leadership role rather than just a practitioner in their field? So, but they had a lot of worthiness questions around that. You know, am I worthy of stepping into that kind of a leadership role? Am I going to be able to sustain myself moving from perhaps a, 
a stable job into more of like a consultancy work. Um, so we had to work through those layers. We had to work through the layers of their past. We had to work through the layers and kind of integrate those parts and make sure that those parts were on the same page with them. They got clarity that their relationship wasn't working. Um, and that kind of just, once they got that clarity, actually their relationship kind of naturally completed an end. Both of both they and their partner realized that they were not a match and that kind of naturally came. And so then I walked them through that process of heartbreak. And, and that was really a huge opportunity because they recognized on the other side of that through our work together that that relationship actually was not a match because it wasn't addressing their needs and that they were not in touch with what they really needed right and that's where the inner voice comes in their intuition comes in of like what do you actually need in a relationship what do you actually need to feel safe and secure and loved um, mm -hmm. so we went through a process of getting that clarity and now they're at a place in their life where they're in a, a relationship i had a conversation with them this week and they were crying to me saying i i'm in a relationship where i feel like i'm finally loved truly for the first time. And I know I have a taste of what um, unconditional love looks like. And they and their partner moved in together recently and they're in, in a field of work that they feel very valued now. And they feel like they're thriving and they feel like their talents are really coming alive. And again, all of that comes down to the sense that they are deeply anchored in their intuition and their intuition is what guides everything for them. Their inner knowing is what guides their choices, right? So when they come to session with me, they we're doing this process of really going inside and getting clear on what does their inner knowing say. It's not me kind of delivering, you know, uh, ideas of what they should do. It's me guiding them through a process time and time and time again and teaching them what is that pathway back to the center of their truth so that now they don't have insomnia. Now their anxiety is significantly less. Now when their anxiety comes up, they know how to self-soothe and to cope, and they know how to tap back into that intuition underneath to guide their choices moving forward. Um, so I've, I've seen this person like dramatically change in their relationship to themselves. They're way more loving towards themselves. They're way less judgmental. Their inner critic does not run everything in their life. And I can confidently say that I, their intuition is absolutely the CEO of their life and their health is doing better because of it too. That's great. That's good news. Um, I felt at first when you were talking like that was me, the client. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I've had, I've had uh, a lot of that work, you know, and I, and I've done a lot of that work and I've had, you know, breakthroughs through that one. I want to share um, that I don't think I've ever shared on the podcast was a relationship with money, which we all have, right? It's a, it's a funny thing. Um, and I realized uh, through some work that I had a fear of success because of money, because of something that happened when I was a kid, when my parents uh, were successful. Um, we grew up in a lower middle class community, uh, lower middle class to middle class community, and they had ultra success during a period. And my dad bought my mom a, a really fancy car, a Jaguar for Christmas. And um, my mom dropped us off, uh, my sister and I off at school um, after the Christmas break. And when the kids saw me get out of that car, like I got made fun of, rich kid, da -da -da, mm. and kids started treating me differently. And I was, I think, seventh grade. So still very impressionable, you know, 12 years old, 13 years old. And it really hurt. And I told my mom to drop me off like somewhere else and I would walk. Right. And so mm. like that became, you know, something that my parents achieved and earned, like became a, 
a negative for me. And so I had this fear of success um, throughout my career. And I still do. I mean, I recognized it and I know it's there um, and it comes up. Um, and I'm fortunate I've had a lot of success in around money and investments and my business and training and whatnot. But I still am still, it shows up, right? You know, like I'm a, a health and fitness coach, a personal trainer, whatever you want to call it. You know, I'm an entrepreneur. I own my own studio. Like, it still sometimes feels like I shouldn't have more success because this mm. is like what it is, right? I'm not a doctor, not a lawyer. I'm not someone, you know, who should be making $500,000 a year, right? Why? Who says so, right? You know, like <laughs> that's just the, you know, the, the, the stereotype sometimes in our profession, right? Um, I, you know, I've even, I remember when I was single and I would go out with friends and some of them lawyers, doctors, or, you know, other professionals that had a high perceived value in, uh, you know, money making when we meet girls, they'd be like, oh, what do you guys do? And, you know, my friends, well, I'm a lawyer or I'm a doctor. And I'd say, I'm a personal trainer. And they'd be like, oh, and then they'd like put more attention towards it. <laughs> And I was like, well, that really sucks, right? So I'm going to now start right. to bolster that up. I'm a celebrity trainer. I own my own studio. I'm a trainer to the White House. Like, you know, all these different ways of like making myself feel better. And it was just all ego, but our egos are fragile. So I had this fear and this relationship around what I do, my profession and money for a long time. And it's, um, again, like I said, it's still there. I have to just be aware of it. Like when someone asked me what I do, like sometimes I'm not comfortable saying I'm a health and fitness coach, right? Because people were like, oh, well, that's not that cool or everybody is or what gym do you work at, right? So mm -hmm. not to say that that's bad, but just sometimes, uh, you know, it's that being hard on yourself, devaluing your self-worth. So um, yeah, I can relate to this and this work is imperative for your success in life. And, you know, even though it may be around money, it was more around my, my personal well-being, like you said, stress, anxiety, fear, even love, right? If you like, I believe, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, like your relationship with money can also be kind of how you have your relationship around your, your loved ones too, uh, and yeah. your health, right? Because how you do one thing is almost how you do everything. There's not too much difference between your wealth and your health and or your um, love and how you treat all of that. So those patterns or relationships with those could show up in those areas. Would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. I completely agree. And I appreciate you sharing that uh, specific reflection because I think it's very common. And, and so often when I talk to people, because a lot of the work I do includes the shadow work of, you know, going back to the past and like, clearing out those pieces so that we can really be fully aligned in the present with our present day self and not kind of morphed by our past selves. And it's so often, it's just like a, tiny moments like that. I think a lot of people think their past, like, oh, I don't have to work on my past because I didn't have trauma. I didn't have abuse. No, it's like those moments like that happened with you. You showed up in the car, these kids made fun of you, and then you're consistently asking to be dropped off, you know, somewhere else instead of in front of school. So you're not being seen. Those tiny moments have such a huge impact on us. And until we kind of go back and reconcile that so that that part of us, you know, so that the little boy metaphorically inside of you is not always the one that's in charge of money every single time money comes up or worth, right? Then 
that part of us will continue to keep leading the way, leading the way, leading the way. And a lot of times I appreciate you saying how it's something you have to keep being aware of because I think that's also a myth. There's this myth in the personal development world that you will arrive somewhere one day and you will like healing is never having to deal with your shadows again. And that's just not how it works. It's a sense of, can you bring these shadows, these parts of our unconscious into awareness so that when they pop up, we have conscious choice and more often we'll consciously choose the wise, intuitive, healthy, adult, present day part of ourselves knowing rather than that wounded, hurt, angry, upset parts of us that are trying to pull us back and say, see, it's the same thing that happened. It's the same thing that happened. It's the same thing that happened. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that because it is something that we do consistently need to um, become aware of. It's, it's not some place that we just quote unquote arrive and then whoop, we can know that's it. It's over. And that's why I think it is powerful to work with people like coaches and therapists because they can guide you through that process to make those connections. And then when you're in your everyday, once you've completed your work, you can keep making that connection like, oh, here's that thing again. Let me choose to actually not go into a scarcity mindset. Let me, or here's that thing again. No, it's okay. I, I'm, I can make the amount of money that I desire. It's okay. I don't have to, you know, pluff up my, my profession. My profession is of that value regardless that I'm in a different industry, right? I don't have to take on this conditioning that other people have around what they think is more valuable versus less valuable as, as a profession. Yeah. Great. Thank you. I, 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 uh, glad you used the word choice, right? So we have the choice to choose how we feel or how we react to that situation or to that childlike behavior that is or was running the the show and the story. Mm. So you know we have to be aware of that. And you know I feel that it's so important when I tell people that I have had coaches and I've even hired personal trainers at certain points in my life where I'm like, you know what, somebody, usually it's at a gym, somebody, you know, approaches me, don't know, they don't know me, they don't know what I do. And they start like talking to me. And then they, you know, say, Hey, do you mind if I stretch you or do, you know, whatever, I show you this. And I'm like, yeah, sure. And I play dumb. And I'm like, that was really good. Like, you know, and then they talk to me about the, the service. And I'm like, yeah, sure, I'll sign up. And I never tell them what I do, usually until like maybe the middle of like the relationship somewhere deeper because I don't want them to feel insecure or have any type of uh, reaction, you know, and it's really nice. It's a, every coach needs a coach. And I think it's really important yes. um, for people to understand that and to invest. It's an investment, right? We, we need to invest in our self-awareness, invest in our health, invest in our fitness, invest in our well-being so that we can run optimally. Um, what is the process to hire you as a coach to be a part of, you know, your, your, your coaching and your mentoring? Uh, if people are interested, you know, they're listening to something like this podcast um, interview and they feel like they resonate with me, then what they typically can do is they go to my website and there's a place to be able to schedule a discovery consultation with me. We hop on the phone for about 30 minutes and we see, okay, are we a, a good match? Because that's important. 
right? Not like I'm not a coach for everyone. And my coaches in the past are not a coach for everyone. And my therapists in in my past are not a therapist for everyone. It's really important to find a good match. And so we take that time to really get to know each other and to see, okay, do we both feel like we're a good match? Do we feel stylistically like there's a match? Do I feel like the challenges that they're facing are aligned with what I'm most gifted at? And if the answer is yes, and we both are on the same page, then we move forward with one-on-one work. If the answer is no for either of us, then you know I usually recommend other practitioners or I recommend a different modality, or I might say to them, you know what, hey, you're not ready. I think, I think you're not at a place where coaching is gonna serve you. I actually think therapy is gonna be more of a support. So um, that's usually how the process works. And most folks who come to work with me have done some inner work already. They've done some work with a therapist. So they're at a place now where they're not being kind of emotionally overwhelmed or flooded by their feelings. They're at a place where they're able to um, be kind of steady in their awareness and and be able to dive into um, parts of their past and most of all be able to take action uh, because that's really what I'm focused on as a coach is really focused on, okay, how do we translate your insights into action, right? How do we translate the insights giving, using your example again, how do you translate the recognition? Okay. These are the pieces that are connected around my money story. So therefore, how do I translate that into the present? What do I want my money to story to look like? What would it look like with, with my pricing? What would it look like in the choices I make? What would it look like in how I manage my money? And that would be the pieces that then we translate into action. So um, people have to be ready to take responsibility and take action. Yeah. And there's no better time than now, right? If you're thinking about it, I believe that you need to take the action now. Just take the first step, sign up for the newsletter, join your program. Uh, If you go online, it's very simple. I saw there's a a click of a button, you put in your information and then you'll Mm -hmm. uh, usually get back to them and you can start that process there. Um, And if you're not ready, um, just staying in your community. Uh, you also have a couple different offerings as well. You have your own podcast. Mm-hmm. Can you speak of that, please? Yeah, I have a podcast called Tune In with Marcy, where I talk about all things around tuning into ourselves, tuning into our wider world around us. So that includes topics, a lot of the topics we're talking about now. So, um, you know, working on our shadow, how do we do shadow work? How do we clear out dynamics from our past that are impacting our present how do we connect to our spirit guides how do we recognize you know what's happening with our dreams dreams practice is a really powerful place where we can receive messages about our present and where we're being invited to step into so that's my podcast and uh, there's other opportunities too on my website i have some um, on-demand workshops that people can purchase and um, be able to take those workshops on different topics like fear versus intuition, which gets into the question of, you know, is this really intuition that's guiding me or is my fear, my ego actually trying to guide something forward and being able to make those very clear distinctions. So I have several workshops there, um, lots of content on my blog. So there's a lot of opportunities for people to to learn from me besides just one-on-one work. And um, I also have some flagship courses that I offer that are on intuition that happen a couple times a year. Awesome. So give us the areas, the channels in which we can reach out to you, your website, Instagram, and the like. Yeah. Website is my first and last name, Marcy Moberg, M-O-B-E-R-G.com. And I'm also first and last name on Instagram. So at Marcy Moberg and on Facebook is at joy with Marcy. 
Awesome. And we'll have those in the show notes as well. Marcy, I want to acknowledge you for your, your intuition uh, to serve and lead and coach and mentor people to create a lighter and brighter space in our life and in our communities. And uh, I thank you for being on the show. I appreciate you. And I'm glad, I'm glad we finally got it together. <laughs> yeah. Intuition knew we weren't supposed to talk until now. Apparently that's how it works. Yeah. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. And thanks for sharing your, your specific examples and creating this really powerful platform for people to benefit from these conversations. It's, um, it's really needed in this time. So thank you for having me. Great. Thanks so much. Until next time, everybody be healthy and fit. All right, there you have it, my friends. That was the one, the only Steve Jordan, and you can find him online at stevejordan.com. And if you just go to the homepage and hit hashtag I am healthy and fit, you will get what he calls his five to thrive every single Friday, five to thrive Fridays, where he sends out five things he's thinking, pondering, doing, uh, reading, whatever, and he sends it out to you on Fridays and you get it in your inbox just before you head off for your weekend. And it's, you know, I've found it in my own life to be refreshing and awesome. So you can go to stevejordan.com and sign up for that today.